going to dance. We're going to dance. We're going to dance and have some fun. Dig. with Brittany Porter of Soul Harmony Healing with you and remind you that we will be live on YouTube this Friday at 5.30 Mountain Standard Time doing a Soul Sessions uh, live podcast with Brittany. Uh, We mentioned going live on IG um, in the interview and that isn't happening because Instagram has change their whole live video video sharing platform in a way that makes it um, almost pointless for creators to use it so uh, we'll be on YouTube so that we can have the live chat and have people in there asking us questions so be sure to show up for that and enjoy this interview thank you so much Brittany for coming on it was a wonderful conversation and I look forward talking to you live on YouTube this week. It's been such an amazing year, more than a year of this podcast, and this will be the last interview episode of season three, um, and episode 33, which will be out probably very soon after this one, is a little special, um, Thank you to all of you and something a little different than I normally put out, but um, I'm looking forward to that. And then season four opener, I will be honoring all of my past guests. Um, It's amazing how many people have come on to talk to me and how brilliant all of you are. So lots of love to everyone and we're through that eclipse window. Phew! I swear yesterday after the solar eclipse, I think I birthed a new earth baby. Uh, And then as soon as it was over, I was better and felt energized again. Very strange, intense experience. I'm kind of hoping that I have released that. 
So enjoy this beautiful interview and know that I'll be talking with Brittany again soon and you need to come show up for that. Much love, everyone. Welcome back, Galactic Groovers. I'm Andrea Land, your grooving goddess, and I am so excited to have the opportunity to interview my wonderful friend, Brittany Porter from Soul Harmony Healing today. Welcome, Brittany. Uh, hello, and thank you so much, Andrea, for having me on today. I'm so excited to have these conversations and to just interact with one another and maybe provide some healing for other people at the same time. <laughs> I completely agree. Uh, I was going to let the listeners know a little bit about what you do. You have uh, wonderful services, uh, Akashic record reading, life coaching, Reiki healing, and then empath questions where if somebody just needs to talk something out with you and Mm -hmm. needs some intuition guidance on that, you have that. And then you also have this new um, Instagram podcast that you've been doing, your soul sessions, which I'll be on uh, after this comes out. But um, the other thing that I have really enjoyed watching as well, along with all those wonderful developments is uh, your TikTok content. Like that was, cause I didn't get on TikTok until May. I, I am, I'm a Taurus through and through. And so change is not exactly like the thing that I run towards. Um, I've gotten better about it with age, but uh, mm-hmm. so I was like a late adopter, like I usually am. And I got on there in May and then um, I'm not on there very much, but your uh, Reiki um, videos and then also the ones that you do where you're talking to your younger self oh, yes. and <laughs> just all the inspirational content you put up there. It seems like that's what I always see when I go on to post. And every time I see that, I just get drawn in and there's just something so lovely about your energy and uh, the way you communicate with people. So um, what would you like to start with first? Well, first of all, I would like to say thank you. That was so incredibly sweet. (laughs) So so lovely. Thank you. Uh, So with TikTok, I am also a person that likes to do the same things over and over and over again. So I was actually consuming a lot of TikTok before I made the leap to make content on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, I I am similar in that way and that I like doing things in a similar pattern. (laughs) And so with TikTok, I really utilize that for my own healing at the same Mm. time because I struggle with self-confidence and self-esteem for a majority of my life. And I had a lot of social anxiety. And so I said, how am I going to heal this? And the only way to do that is to put yourself through challenges where you put your face and your voice and your personality out for others to see, right? And Mm -hmm. not that you need validation from others for yourself. It's that you have things that you are valuable to say you are valuable. Even if you're not sharing things, it's a good mirror back of, I am powerful. I am a divine, powerful creator, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I can use my voice effectively for not only myself, but for other people. And so 
it was very cringy to begin with (laughs) (laughs) and listening to myself. And so as I went along though, I said, oh, I really do like my voice. Oh, I do have things, you know, that are valuable for people to hear. And I like the way that I look and not in an egotistical way, but it was almost like falling in love with myself Mm -hmm. and provided me with such an immense amount of healing to do that. Uh, It was very challenging at the beginning. And now I'm at a point, like you said, where I do videos where I talk to my younger version of myself. And I have found that that has been incredibly healing, not only for her and those past versions, but for me as well, because now I'm stepping into the higher version Mm -hmm. of past me that needs, you know, healing that they weren't able to get at that time. Uh, So I always have the intention to heal with my TikToks, but they're really healing me. (laughs) (laughs) I try to come from a place of, I'm going to watch this back. So I want to make sure I get the most amount of healing. And if it heals somebody along the way, like, great. I love that. (laughs) That is so beautiful. And gosh, there's so much in what you just said. I mean, I can really relate. I, you know, I was a performer, a stage performer and um, did theater and those kinds of things, but live performance is a lot different than being on camera. And then, um, you know, there's a reason this podcast was audio only. And I like, I never did Instagram lives. I never did any of that. And then uh, when I started the podcast collaboration with Serafina, the meow podcast, Mm -hmm. that was kind of like her and I both forcing ourselves (laughs) to get Mm -hmm. on video because there was just something about it. And I know for me, a lot of it was like, deep-seated like old wounds from bullying because I have always been in a larger body and cameras are much better now but as I was growing up like probably up until my mid-30s every video made you look so much larger than you really are in real life that Mm -hmm. I just was always so uncomfortable with myself on video and and I've had that same experience as you of like healing some of those insecurities and putting myself out there. And it is, it's about, you know, giving yourself permission and saying, I am worthy of putting this out there, even if it is just for myself, like that goofy uh, TikTok sound that goes around of, I watch my own TikToks. That's why I make them, you know? Yes. Because it's true. It does really uh, heal a lot. And, um, uh, I, I know that you're helping a lot of people, um, putting, putting all that love and that healing out there into the world is so important and expressing that. And then the other thing I love is this idea, because I'm, I'm really big on this too, that part of how we time travel, part of how we heal, um, old parts of ourself in this incarnation and our future self is, is by doing that, like you're talking about, like going back and empowering the younger you and saying, hey, here's the thing. And it's, it's a weird concept for people to ponder sometimes, but it is amazing how much that changes just your relationship with time. I mean, it's not like you can erase things that happened, but you can transform how you feel about it and how you grow from it. Andrea, I love everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> and I 
I resonated so deeply with that. And I have two things I wanted to say with the live performances, like you were saying, one, you're very brave and courageous to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I love learning that about you. Um, so were you doing musicals or were you doing theater? Uh, or I kind of did it all. I mean, I started when I was a little girl in choirs. And then by the time I got to high school, I needed to get a job and different things. So I stepped out of it for a while. But then I moved to Colorado from California in my uh, early 20s. And, you know, when I had the dream of being, you know, a rock star, singer, performer, I thought, well, surely California is the place that I have to do this. And now I'm moving to literally the middle of nowhere at the time, you know, and it was just kind of like, oh, well, I guess that's a thing. And then um, I wound up being a lead singer in a band and then a second band for 10 years. Uh, I, you know, we did like little local touring gigs. I had some of my like exciting rock star moments where I got to perform at really big festivals, like not to mention the scary one, but you know, big size festivals, like a hundred thousand people. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was what I did for quite a while. And then, um, after that 10 years in those two bands, I had babies. And so that kind of, um, took up all my time for a while. And then when my kids were, uh, you know, starting to get a little older and out of diapers and all that, I just did some local theater. And so I was in musicals and because I was a voice coach and um, a, a voice teacher, I got roped into music directing <laughs> for <laughs> some of these productions. And so anyway, I did that for a little while. And, um, you know, so I, I performed for a long time and I was doing it up until I started the weekly chemo journey in 2012. You said, that sounds like a very exciting time. <laughs> it really does. And there's something so powerful about using your voice in front of people mm -hmm. and projecting, especially if you intentionally or maybe not even intentionally are trying to heal other people. You carry that frequency <laughs> when you're projecting your voice. And I just love that. I know that you probably had such a good time. <laughs> I did. Oh my gosh, did I? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a wonderful period of time. I was really grateful the way I had soul contracted and kind of mapped out my life so that I had that experience before I became a mom, because with my personal physical makeup, doing all of it at one time was not going to be feasible. You know, mm -hmm. I needed to compartmentalize and be like, okay, this is my musical performance period of my life. And then this is motherhood. And then this is this time when I'm going to do chemo every week and catch up with all my spiritual training for six years. Yeah. <laughs> and then now we're here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, and, and the power of voice. I mean, that's, it was a little different. Like I wasn't focused on it from the place of unconditional love that I am now and not as much from um, like a spiritual place necessarily understanding mm -hmm. tonal healing and like soul harmony. Like that's another reason we, we vibe so hard. Um, but I was empowering women, especially uh, with what I was doing because I was in a larger body and because I was the lead singer and on stage and being mm -hmm. in my, in my goddess energy and, you know, up there wearing whatever the hell I wanted, not, you know, and 
that was one of the things that came out of that. I feel like I really um, was macroing the heck out of that uh, music industry thing and changing mm-hmm. things for women. Um, yeah, so. I feel like I'm getting healed listening to you talk about your story. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well. You're so like, elated. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Aw. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but I invited you on here to talk about yourself. <laughs> so um, tell, tell me more about that. Why does it, it fill you with that feeling of being lifted up? What I just uh, said. Well, I see that you have had that whole experience and that's something that I am stepping into. So when I look at you and hear you, I'm like, oh, I'm becoming that person. And so as you were saying that, I it, it really resonated with me because I said, oh, I like that in her because that's within me. Aww. And I love it. <laughs> so thank you for that. And I love finding people who I really resonate with because we're mirrors for one another mm-hmm. and we reverberate back the things that we like inside of ourselves, even if we're still digging, you know, what those things are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so when you were talking, I was like, oh, I like this because this is what I'm going to be doing soon and talking in front of a lot of people. Um, and you've done it and you were successful and you probably healed so many people along the way. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I started doing the soul sessions, the lives on Instagram, because I was having such a difficult time making content, not interacting with people, just me on side of the screen. Right. <laughs> it yeah. Really at some point. <laughs> yeah. It was just yeah. a really difficult journey for me. And then I mastered that <laughs> and I, you know, I can do it very easily, but now there's another layer. Mm-hmm. of interacting with people and talking live and knowing what I'm talking about and being confident and projecting that and being quick right right <laughs> yeah and like intermingling with people's energy at the same time that I'm talking and so I said okay well that's another challenge I'm going to take that on <laughs> and then you know I feel like we do so many things on our journey that set us up for things in the future, but we're just not aware of yet in this moment of time. Absolutely. Yes. And so I'll give you an example. So I used to not like my voice. I I really just, it it just gave me like the heebie-jeebies when I would listen to it. And so I said, what can I do to fix this? And so I started sending everyone in my life voice notes and I would make Yeah. And I would make myself listen back to every single one of them. And eventually I started really enjoying hearing myself. And I realized that people hearing my voice is different than text because you can feel my energy. Mm-hmm. You can feel that deep connection. And so I didn't know though, that in me doing that, it was setting me up for being able to make content later or being able to do lives or being able to do podcasts and to authentically express myself and have clear communication. <laughs> and so sometimes we don't always understand why we're doing things in the moment, but it comes back around in the future. And it's like, if you just keep leaning into what you think is going to give you growth and what you love, it, it works out in the end. <laughs> it truly does. And I love that. And that is, I mean, that has been my life experience completely. And uh, the, the thing about voices for you and for anyone else listening, 
everyone does not like their voice uh, mm -hmm. initially. And the reason for that is because when we hear our own voice, we are hearing it through the reverberation in our bone structure. So mm. it sounds different than, and the interesting thing is, is that once you do start listening to yourself, that sort of goes away. It's almost like your brain learns to go, okay, well, we're going to adapt so that you hear your voice the way you know it is. Mm -hmm. But most people don't sit around and listen to their voice. They like, they record a voicemail, they go, oh, I hate my voice. And then they never yes. get past that. <laughs> so it's really wonderful that you did that for yourself and that it became a thing uh, that was really a, a leap forward that you did. You didn't even know you were really taking at the time. Mm -hmm. And that's so interesting that you say that too, because when I used to hear my voice speaking, I'm like, that's not matching up with what I'm hearing on the answering machine. Right. But now mm -hmm. that I listen back to them, I sound exactly how I sound in my head. Yeah. So isn't that weird? It, it is. And I didn't even make that correlation of that. My brain has matched up how I sound with myself. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So anybody out there who's like having anything like that, where you're thinking, oh, I'd kind of like to do this thing where I have to speak, but I don't like my voice and I want to record. Just know that it's like, it's just a mechanical thing in your brain that you need to overcome. And that, you know, like, just like you doing those voice notes, uh, it, it helps free you from that. And then you have you know, I really feel like, at least for me, getting to that point where I'm like, yeah, that's my voice. Um, and, and I mean, this happened for me a long time ago because I was in the studio recording and doing that. And so, oh gosh, was that hard to overcome? Like I knew yeah. what I sounded like at a gig. And then when I would go in the studio, I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but, um, you know, it, like, I feel more connected to myself having mm -hmm. having that versus how it was before uh, so that can be a really powerful tool and with sure. the way you look too I was mm -hmm. very self-conscious of the way I looked and the way my my mouth moves when I talk and just like all these different things and when I watch it back you get used to it yeah you and get you used to yourself yeah <laughs> Yes, but if you're not doing that regularly, regularly, <laughs> it can be shocking to you, like when mm -hmm. you see yourself, right? Yeah. And so, um, another thing, and hopefully this isn't too risque. Uh, but, no, go uh, ahead. Nothing is too risque off. for me. Okay. <laughs> so I heard this thing once, and it was sometimes when we see ourselves in our naked body, it's like whose body is that? Like mm -hmm. we have a disconnect from it because so often we're wearing clothes. And so when we see ourselves, it's like shocking to our system because mm -hmm. it's not something that we're used to seeing. And so I heard this tip that was saying that you should walk around your house naked whenever you can and stand in front of a mirror and get mm -hmm. used to it. So then when, you know, that does happen, it it's something that you fall in love with instead of kind of resisting and saying, whose body is that? <laughs> right, right. And then uh, scrutinizing whatever quote unquote flaws you see based on, you know, beauty standards or norms and all of those things that everyone does to themselves, you know, not just, uh, women, we tend to focus on that more. Um, 
but yeah, I completely agree with that. And, you know, it wasn't until I started going to the nude hot springs when I was Mm -hmm. about 29, 30, maybe, uh, I'm, you know, I made a new friend and she's like, Oh, come on, we gotta go. It's so, you know, and I'm, I, and I was really, I don't know. And then then once you go and it feels so wonderful to just be in that water because it's a natural spring with, uh, you know, pebbles on the bottom and uh, being in that water at night with the stars and not having any clothes on. Like once you do that, it feels weird to get in water with clothes on with a suit on after that. But that really did help me. And another thing that helped me was, um, even if you do it by yourself uh, and nobody ever sees them, set up your camera, tripod, uh, do video because that way you're not worried about the shutter going off and just, you know, pose, uh, put on whatever clothes or props, you know, if you want to roll around with a boa or whatever it is, it's going to make you feel that, that goddess energy, that connection with your, um, you know, your, your, beautiful self that energy uh and you can watch that back and at first it's like maybe uncomfortable but you can you know if you pause it at different points you're like wow I look really you know that looks like a picture I might see in a magazine and so you really do start to appreciate um your body and get used to it used to it and what I'm finding fascinating about this conversation I love this because like that's why when you were saying what are we going to talk about and I said well well, we can it'll just go where it goes because that's what always happens but this whole concept that we have just tapped into like I had never thought of this about how our relationship with ourselves not like being told that you know it's vain to look in the mirror it's vain to mm-hmm. want pictures of yourself it's vain to listen to yourself like all of these things that we've been shamed about we've produced this crazy cognitive dissonance with our own bodies our own voices you know mm-hmm. how wild is that it's like just the way society has been structured has literally gaslit us from understanding ourselves I love that. And it's such a weird dichotomy too, because we, in social media, you see so many people like pointing attention to themselves, but then at the same time, we have those feelings of like shame and guilt if we do that. Mm -hmm. And so I was out in a uh, garden in my town, like a community garden. And I said, I haven't taken pictures of myself in a while. And that's also because I've been changing my style, (laughs) Um, but I haven't taken pictures of myself. And I said, this is the perfect place. I always love going there. I feel great. Uh, My fairy garden. Um, So I got at my camera and I started to take pictures and all of the sudden in the back of my mind, it was like, why would you do that? Why are you doing that? Like, why are you trying to draw attention to yourself? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? And, you know, for almost for a moment, (laughs) I got caught up and said, you know, I don't need to do that. But I said, I deserve to take pictures of myself. I am a beautiful being Mm -hmm. and inside and out, just not, you know, outside aesthetically, Mm -hmm. but like, I deserve to have pictures of myself and like showing how happy and exuberant I am and loving life and being in my garden. Like, 
that's something I want in my frequency. And mm -hmm. so I can't give into those feelings of shame and guilt. It's not egotistical. It's loving yourself. That's a, it's a real big difference. <laughs> it really is. It's a huge difference. And it's one of those things that I think for whatever reason, you know, all, you could point to a lot of different things, but just the way society has functioned, the exact opposite is what has been encouraged. And it's, mm -hmm. I feel like it's caused all of this disconnection from self. And what you were talking about, about uh, the, the content and watching yourself and expressing yourself and all that, that it like helped you fall in love with yourself. I have had that same experience too, going, going through that and doing the um, podcast with Serafina on YouTube and putting myself out there in that way on video. And then that's what made me get on TikTok. I was like, well, okay, I make videos on YouTube. I guess I can handle TikTok, yeah. you know, but um, that, that like, I mean, when it happened for me, cause it was within the last couple months that I had like this full on like I was just looking at myself one day and I, all of a sudden I had like all those feelings that I would have for someone I had a crush on or was falling in love with but it was me and I and, mm -hmm. it, and I was like have I have I always been this pretty you know like just weird <laughs> things like that like I'm like how did I miss me all these years <laughs> Oh. I was right in front of my face. <laughs> when you say, how did I miss this the whole time? Like that really resonated mm -hmm. with me now because I look at myself back and it's like, I didn't realize how awesome I am. Like mm -hmm. I really, I just didn't, you know, I didn't see myself through the perceptual lens that other people were seeing me. And that has a lot to do with, you know, self-confidence and self-esteem. And sometimes you just have to grow into that. And sometimes it's a very quick flip. It sounds like for you too, like it just mm -hmm. overnight, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just love that so much that you've experienced that and that we're helping other people experience that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what really made me happy, most happy about it because the core of my being and what makes me feel self-love and love the world is knowing that me in particular, I am here to generate and amplify and express that unconditional love to the world. And so the idea that I would be able to help others feel that way just, you know, made me love myself all the more. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes get like, why did we soul contract such difficult times for ourselves? Mm -hmm. Because Andrea, I'm sure that you have been through it in your life. And so have I. And yeah. so, and, but then when we come back around and we have gone through and grown through these things, it's so fulfilling to help somebody else on their journey. Mm -hmm. It really is to, to, to catch them and say, Hey, you don't have to go through all this. <laughs> like, let me empower yeah. and help me and love and support you. So you can start from a earlier basis point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so interesting. You bring that up because last night we were talking with uh, Colleen Orr, who does past life Reiki. Um, mm -hmm. And we were, the topic came up around that about how 
um, sometimes people who've been in it for a long time, or they've already gone through more of an awakening and they're a little further along. And sometimes, you know, like people, you know, my age, my generation, like they, they kind of have a, a little bit of a hardcore attitude about it. Like, well, I, you know, oh, you're about to go through it. I had to struggle and you're going to have to struggle too. The three of us were talking about, no, the whole point we, we've done this work in ourselves was to help other people not have to struggle through it because the more people who are whole and love themselves and are out there operating in the world that way, the, the easier it is for everybody. You know, I, I just don't even understand. And it's not a judgment. It's just, I don't understand the illogicalness of that position that, you know, okay, well, I suffered. And so now you're going to go through this suffering period of time. And I'm not going to tell you how you might get through this with less suffering. Yeah. <laughs> it's that it's the old paradigm way of thinking, but in a different mm -hmm. flavor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just the same yeah. damn bootstrap thing. Yeah. Only applied to spirituality and awakening. And it's mm -hmm. like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> Yeah. And the thing too is, you know, if we heal one person, every interaction they have with anybody else for the rest of their life is coming for a more healed space. Mm -hmm. And then it's healing all of those people and those people and those people. And it has that like ripple, like butterfly effect, and it shifts the evolution and it's like collective shifts so much quicker. Mm -hmm. and, and gatekeeping and talking down to like those things keep us in those old paradigms and that's got to go it's yes, gotta be it, how can we help as many people as we can mm -hmm. it really does it really does and uh you know and you are definitely doing that with your work um oh thank you the and I love that that's you know the people that I am most excited to talk with and want to invite on the podcast and, you know, work together to uh, get messages out there are the people who um, take the time to put out uh, things that are free. Because I know mm -hmm. there was a time in my life where I couldn't have afforded anything that they were, mm -hmm. and that was the problem, especially in the 90s, with the new age movement. Uh, it was like, so expensive you know it was like a it was a, a a white privilege like super elitist kind of structure and um I know when I first started practicing myself I was like determined no because you know you kind of have people like put a little pressure on you sometimes like about your mm -hmm. pricing and those sorts of things like well you you're not charging enough because if you don't charge enough then I can't you know what I mean it's like this weird mm -hmm. thing and it's like no just do what feels right for you and what you know about the amount of effort you have to put in um you know like an astrology chart uh, there's a lot of work that goes into preparing that ahead of time before you even talk to someone and so you have to value your time with that but I love the people who are committed to like you are of just putting out because that like that one minute video that you put up that someone sees who maybe you know isn't even awake necessarily but they see that mm -hmm. and it gives them that moment of shifting their energy, shifting their perspective, feeling more loving towards themselves and others. And they're going to go out in their day 
and do good things. And, you know, they may have that awakening and they may come back later and be like, hey, I'd like to do that reading or whatever it is. But I feel like most of us that are doing that, we're really doing it from a place of just wanting to help people who do not have the resources right now to be able to pay for all of that content or that Mm -hmm. knowledge, you know? Absolutely. When I first started on my journey, I did not have enough money to, you know, get a spiritual quote unquote guide, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Just like coach or anything like that. And so I feel like this is a way to give back like an energy exchange because you're right. There's a lot of people that one don't even know they need that. Like we're planting like little seeds in there. And I love that it can be the tiniest little things that do a whole paradigm shift for someone. Mm-hmm. like very small things. And so like you're saying, even in a minute, <laughs> you can change somebody's, you know, life. Mm-hmm. And I put together this big empath course. It was the first course I did. It was like this big thing. It was like three hours long. I'm so yeah. glad you mentioned that. I'm just <laughs> writing it down because I want to remember that because I wanted to ask you about that anyway. So go right into that because I oh, saw yeah. that and okay. I was like, wow, this looks like such an amazing uh, project. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll talk about what it is a little bit and then I'll explain why I gave it away free Mm -hmm. at first. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I found out I was an empath, I didn't know for the majority of my life, like 24, 25 years, it wasn't until I heard the word empath. And that's Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. The teeny little things. (laughs) And I started researching it and I said, Oh, this is what's been going on in my life. I am a absorbing other people's energy and transmuting it through my body like it's my own and so I was just doing a lot more shadow work than I needed to do yeah and it was making me very anxious and depressed to be around people and so I started having aversions to being around people I didn't like being around people or communicating and so when I went down that path I followed as many empath spiritual teachers as I could and just gleaned everything from like the free resources and so I said I want to do this for people I want to stop you on your journey and say hey this is what's going on and here is a big toolkit (laughs) for for you to navigate life easier And so when I was putting this together, I had a lot of people in my life who were, who were wonderful and giving me, you know, constructive criticism saying you should get people to pay for this. Mm -hmm. And that was not aligned with me at the time, because I said, I had so much help on my journey that there's all these people out here that don't know what's going on with themselves and they just need a lifeline. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, they just, they just need a lifeline. And you know what? They may take my course and tell people about me or Mm -hmm. come back around, like you said, or, you know, we're creating energy exchanges with the earth and source. Mm -hmm. It sometimes you don't see the immediate (laughs) uh, results back from something, but it is going to come back around to you. And it has for Mm -hmm. me too, because not only did uh, I, you know, help other people, I stepped into a teacher role. Yes. I solidify that in my paradigm, like, oh, I have enough now that I can go out and start guiding other people. And so that's what I got out of it. So it doesn't always have to necessarily be monetary gain. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I love that. And that is, that's a wonderful way to look at it because I saw what you were doing and I was like, oh, this is so great. This is a wonderful workshop. And I have things like that as well that mm -hmm. I, I put out uh, because I know that it's going to help and heal people and not mm -hmm. everything needs to be about money, you know, like you said. And sometimes it's almost like uh, it's not an earworm. It's like a thought worm where I'll have something where it's like, I will not, it's not going to go away until I address what that is and express it in the world in some way, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I tried to make it a structure in my life where every time I had a, an interesting thought or a download, I was trying to charge people for it. I would drive myself bananas, yeah. you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, it's so funny you say that I made a lot of content today, actually. And it's almost like, it is, it hurts me physically not to do it, not hurt, yeah. hurt but it's like an irritant and it's mm -hmm. like spirit saying like you, you need to say this mm -hmm. <laughs> in the way that you're going to say it. And you know, the funny thing, Andrea too, if I don't do it, I see another creator do the same thing right afterwards. And uh -huh. it's like, and then the thought's gone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's really wild how, how it tends to work and how all these synchronicities work together. And, um, I think being, you know, having that self-awareness that you have and teaching that to others is going to be so helpful to so many people. And, you know, uh, people get really fixated on like superpowers and magic and, um, you know, manifestation and abundance. I get so tired of the word manifestation sometimes, honestly, <laughs> because it's really just attracting. It's attracting what you need. And mm -hmm. when you get into that flow, you have that self-awareness, that is what allows you to start to see uh, just how simple it is, that it's, it's not something that you need to, because I think um, like some of the initial ways that that concept um, was introduced, like with the secret and some of those mm -hmm. things in the 90s, it was all focused on, you know, you want a Ferrari? Okay, then you're going to sit in your house and you're going to get in a chair and you're going to imagine that Ferrari and imagine driving. It was like all very like masculine driven. Yep. Um, and it, it's like the total opposite energy. And so I think a lot of people have been um, shamed a lot by the new age and spiritual communities when they are having difficulty, when they're not having a flow of abundance, making it like, well, you're just not, you know, you're just not doing it right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not that simple, you know, and you, you need to have that connectedness with yourself in the universe before, uh, it fully functions the way it's meant to, in my opinion, anyway. I love this segue. Uh, so, uh, and I, I, yes, manifestation. So I think sometimes manifestation is branded as fe feminine energy, but mm -hmm. it's actually masculine energy because mm -hmm. it's like, let me force the thoughts and bring it to me. Right. Right. And when I first started on my journey, I said, I want all of these psychic spiritual abilities. And I got really frustrated because they weren't coming online for me. And mm -hmm. I was forcing, forcing, forcing. And I realized that I didn't have enough energetic space within me 
to have those things come in because I had so much trauma and just unhealed things that I was trying to sweep under the rug and not look at. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my guys were saying, you're going to have to, to, to get it. You're going to have to go through it. Mm -hmm. And so as I went on very deep journeys of healing (laughs) within myself and still doing that, uh, I, I was able to create that space for me to hear those extra perceptual things and to experience those. And with that came manifesting because I was able to let go. You really have to let go and trust yourself and trust the universe that you're bringing those things into your frequency. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's not just sit and wait. It's, it's let me follow my heart and the things that I love doing. And it will lead me in the direction of those goals and dreams that I have. Yes, exactly. That is exactly it. It's like being in perfect harmony, (laughs) Uh, soul harmony with, with the universe and with creation, Mm -hmm. because that allows you to be in that flow. And then you are following your heart. You're following what's in alignment and, and, the the abundance the changes that you're seeking all of those things just start to happen naturally and organically with mm-hmm. much less um you know effort and uh, ob- obsessing over it really to some degree mm-hmm. it's like it almost creates a different kind of obsession um but but yeah the um where my brain is like trying to grab onto a thing and it's wanting to run away come back come back come back I know you've been waiting your whole life for the Patreon community that is just for you. My Xanadu Patreon, my Xanadu Collective is there and ready to accept you in and support you in your expansion and your grid work. It is hard for me to do anything comedic, which I have to be fake serious. But for real though, the Patreon is so much fun and come join the party. You can also book any of my available services, some which I haven't even put on the menu yet because I don't know what to call them. I'm your one-stop shop for readings, energy work, uh, animal communication, mediumship, and anchoring of your consciousness. So I even do academic tutoring. So if I can be of service to you or you want to join the Patreon, that is where you get the most bang for your buck because you can get a reading every month if you join at the VIP tier. And I'm always running specials each month for bonuses for when you join at any tier. So head on over to my link tree and check out my Patreon, my services on Square, and my other podcasts as well. I am providing you with as much entertainment and love and resources and fun as I have in me, and I appreciate my patrons more than they know. I thank them on the daily And I would love to be thanking you on the daily. So if you would like to support the podcast, that is a great way to do it by joining the Patreon. Much love. And if I can be of service to you in a private reading, 
book that at my square booking site through the link tree. Thank you so much and thank you for listening. Now back to that interview. We're talking about manifestation and power sensings. Oh, the space. Yes. Uh, the space inside. Um, that is something it's kind of funny because we've spent a lot of time uh, in communities over the last couple of years, especially with everything being so intense um, mm-hmm. with the, I like the void, the void is bad. I'm in the void. We're in the void. The <laughs> void is bad. And in real, in reality, what I've found at this point is all the void is, is that beautiful infinite space inside you that just has to be cleared out and tidy, tidied up of like you're saying, the, the trauma, the experiences that we haven't healed, the things that we need to release in order to make room for the clairs, the abilities, the abundance, flow, all of the, the magic of life. Um, and since I started doing the consciousness anchoring, I, you know, I've really um, cemented that even further for me that that is a sacred place in you. That void is a sacred place in you. It's like the womb of your consciousness that it gets to inhabit in these human bodies while we're here having this human experience, you know, and it's not limiting at all. If anything, it's, it's like infinite. And once you get all of your, um, you know, delicious uh, consciousness and light being down in yourself and embodied, you are, you have access to everything. You have access to the infinite. I think yeah, um, you're at source. Yeah, Yeah, you're at source. (laughs) And so a lot of people, that's another one of those misconceptions, you know, that, and it kind of makes sense because it's still more about masculine drive, um, that driving energy, which I know we're trying to get away from uh, genderizing those terms, but I don't think any of us have quite figured out how to do it yet. Zadikat is working on it, but um, the, the, uh, the idea that you can't be fully embodied and then be connected to all the dimensions through that, like we've been kind of lied to thinking that, you know, part of awakening and ascension is escaping the body, like somehow transcending the human experience. And so then people start awakening and then they forget all the reasons that they came here in the first place, because the basic five senses that we get to experience here on earth, fully embodied, do not exist like this anywhere else. This is a special experience that we get to have. And so when we get disconnected from those uh, by being too much in the ethers and wanting to escape being human and being, you know, being like, I'm so tired of eating. I'm so tired of sleeping. <laughs> like the, the things that the human body needs. Um, we limit our experience a lot. I love that. And uh, I think it's Wayne Dyer who said, if we didn't have a body, how would we eat chocolate? If we didn't have a body, how would we eat chocolate cake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, there's so many beautiful things that life has to offer. We would not be able to experience it without our physical selves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Andrea, for a long time, part of being an empath is I was feeling too much. And so 
I disassociated away from my own emotions and feelings and would like vicariously live through other people's, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? But that also is because I didn't want to go back and heal those parts of myself or I wasn't ready yet. Yeah. And so when I started taking the journey of feeling into my emotions, it was intense mm. because your body, like it builds those things up years after years after years. And if you're not used to feeling <laughs> things in your body like that, it can be very shocking to your system. But you know what? Yeah. Being happy and sad and angry and all of those very intense emotions, even the good ones, that's what living is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It is yeah. feeling life. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not supposed to not feel, and uh, I really, I mean, I can relate to that as well. I had, you know, you mentioned um, super traumatic uh, childhood, um, difficult upbringing, and my twenties were pretty tumultuous. Uh, so all of that time, I mean, a lot of disassociating for sure. Uh, I was like a master disassociator. <laughs> and, I used to say, I don't have time to cry. Yeah. I don't have time to cry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, and it's funny too, because I think sometimes, um, cause your, your vibration and frequency feels very similar to mine in that sort of our, our homeostasis is like laughter, joy, bliss, mm -hmm. happiness. And because of that, it like made us not want to feel all those other things. Um, mm -hmm. So I had to learn like, when am I laughing when I really need to be crying? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What am I, when am I using my humor to mask things that I need to deal with? And once I started doing that, then I was able to release stuff in my body and get a better emotional flow. But I mean, the emotion that gets stored in your body can be absolutely crippling. I mean, I, I really do believe that it makes a lot of us sick with chronic illness things. And it doesn't mean that the illness isn't real. None of us are saying that. It's just that um, releasing some of that can help bring a lot of relief uh, from those things. Uh, definitely. I had a point in my life where I had severe back pain it was almost to the point where I, I was having trouble working and just living my normal life. Mm -hmm. And my, and I was going to physical therapists and they were, you know, doing x-rays and all these things. And they said, we don't see anything wrong with your back, but it's locked up. Mm -hmm. And I was just doing all of these things. And it wasn't until somebody said, do you think you're too stressed out because stress <laughs> caused your back to tense up and seize up. And, you know, I was holding a lot of sadness and frustration. And when they said that, I said, oh, maybe I am. And I started working on de-stressing my life and miraculously my back mm -hmm. <laughs> started feeling mm -hmm. a lot better. But like you're saying, we store all of that inside of ourselves, and it crystallizes mm -hmm. and it makes your energy not flow through your body like it's supposed to. And it can mm -hmm. be memories, emotions, <laughs> like all sorts of things. Yeah, it, it really can. And I mean, I, like I had gone through a lot of the process of, of healing all of my stuff, but then, um, you know, I was like a frog in a pot boiling for a long time in my, my marriage of 20 years. Um, and, you know, and then once you're in it, uh, you're, you're at a point where it's like hard to get out 
like once you see it, it's too late sort of thing, you know, like once you realize, oh, I'm being boiled alive here, <laughs> you, then you have to try to get out of it. But at the point that I um, knew that it, this, you know, wasn't working, like I, I woke up and felt the hot water, I guess, and I knew it wasn't working. I knew it was damaging the kids. I knew it was damaging me and also damaging him, even though he may never work on those things on his own. Um, not my problem, but, uh, the, the physical is <laughs> crazy. So I was on weekly chemo for six years, like I mentioned earlier. And, uh, I had him leave. And then a year after he got out, um, we, they discovered that I had these large tumors in my body. They were benign. They were like, really weird, freaky, giant lipoma that I'm like that one, like I'm the one percenter of rare medical things. <laughs> um, so that's why I've been so extra careful during this yeah. pandemic. Um, but I had that surgery. It was a really long recovery. It turned out to be like much a bigger deal than they thought. They, they, they thought it was a golf ball. I agreed with them. And then they got in there and it was a zucchini uh, that they had to remove from my body. But the thing that happened is, um, once I got off of that and re recovered from that, I was able to get off the chemo. And so yeah. just in the first year and a half that I had ended that relationship, uh, my health made a dramatic turn because I, I got that out of my, my life, out of my presence, I was able to heal. And I truly think if I had not made that decision at that time, I would not have found this uh, tumor that I had. I would not have had it removed because it turned out that that was what was making my immune system keep attacking me. And I didn't know it was there because I was in such a situation of neglect and resentment and everything that like I didn't have the, the resources within myself to go fight, to have somebody look at this and tell me, you know, what's going on. Um, I don't know that I'd be alive, to be honest. And I definitely would not be off the weekly poison for sure. Thank goodness for our higher selves. I know. The right <laughs> direction, right? Because sometimes yeah. like you, were saying, you really don't know how dire of a situation you're in because mm -hmm. you build your reality around being, you know, this specific person with this specific life and you can't conceptualize what life would be outside mm -hmm. of that hardship. And I was in a emotionally abusive relationship for a very long time, almost seven years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, That's a long time. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I had built my identity around it. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is just what life is. So I'm going to deal with it. And I suffered from so many physical, mental, emotional ailments. And like you said, I woke up one day and I said, oh, this water's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm boiling here. And it was such a split second decision, Andrea. It was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not doing this anymore. And mm -hmm. I chose myself and I left. And when I did, I looked at my paradigm that I was in and I said, whoa, I was dealing with so much and I was not self-preserving. I was giving so much energy and love and care to everyone else that I just completely blindsided myself. Mm 
and let my body <laughs> deteriorate, deteriorate mm-hmm. in my mind and my heart at such an intense level. And it's really shocking sometimes when you look back and say, what was going on? <laughs> it really is. And I, you know, it doesn't surprise me that you had a similar experience because this happens a lot when I talk with people. There's always things that resonate. I've had a full life so far 52 years of it so I have a lot of different experiences that I can relate to with people on that but you're right it's like it really was like my higher self went okay listen you know part of it in my case was also I was staying in it for the kids I didn't want to tear apart their home all of those Mm -hmm. things that we do and um like you're saying I couldn't conceptualize of what life was going to be without him or without, you know, being married, without that family structure that I wanted so badly for them because I didn't get to have it. But my oldest, uh, he was the first kid to start manifesting like anxiety, depression, um, suicidal ideation. And um, he came uh, and cried after his dad laid into him you know, one night at the foot of my bed and said, and it's like a a long drawn out story, but he said, I guess I have to be having surgery or ready to kill myself for dad to care about me. And that was my split second. That's a big wake up call. Yeah. That was a huge wake up call. And, um, so yeah, I had to get out and you're right. It's like, not until because, you know, I had like the oxytocin addiction to this other person and, and these patterns and everything. And it's not until you get out of the water that you start to see, wow, that mm-hmm. was really doing so much more to me. And in my case, also to my kids than I realized. And how did I do that all that time? You know, mm-hmm. how did I do that? And I'm glad I made it through, but um, and, and there's a lot of, uh, initially just for anyone who's kind of like, in, I'm feeling like we should say this, like for anyone who is in this process right now, who is in a situation that they're trying to change, uh, in their life at first, there's a lot of like shame and guilt because you didn't honor yourself. Like I went through a lot of grieving about the whole situation and like further beating myself up. And it's kind of like you remove the abuser and then you take over as your own abuser. And so I had to work through all that and and come to those realizations of, oh, wait a minute, I'm just doing to myself what he was doing because now he's not here. And you also see that happen with your kids too. Like if, if you've got your stuff together and you're healed, you'll notice that, you know, one or more of your kids at different times will start um, having that, displaying that same abusive behavior because there's like a vacuum and they're not used to it. And it's uncomfortable to have that dynamic missing. So it took a while to get down the road and heal from all that, but Yeah, you just really don't know until you're out of it and the hormonal chemical dependency of the relationship wears off, you know, uh, before you can really see what it was doing. Oh, when you were saying like the, the, when you get addicted to those hormones, that's something that I can look back now and say, 
and I teach people is like, you can get addicted to stress mm-hmm. into hurting because yeah. that's all your subconscious knows from like a very young age, especially if you suffered from trauma that's what you look for, for your daily fuel. You say, let me turn on my fight or flight. And then that gives me enough energy to do the thing or get through or endure as a mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it wrecks havoc on your body, but you do it over and over and over and over again. And it just starts to really take that toll on you. But if you haven't seen ways to give your body positive reinforcement and to fill your cup up with positive energy, Mm -hmm. it can really get you sucked in that negative cycle and you get addicted to being stressed. And that was me. I thought that was the only way to function. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. to be to to have that endurance that enduring energy pushing me I was definitely f- fueled by adrenaline and cortisol for a mm-hmm. really long time uh learning how to get out of that cycle I mean it, it was you know it took a lot of intentional work um but yeah I like it's kind of funny because I was I was a very um like highly functional person. Like I was kind of type A in my twenties, you know, and I was like the first person to get a car, the first person to work full time and be like a grown up. the first, you know? And so from outward appearances, um, my life was pretty, pretty calm. But then I, it was like, I always kind of made sure there was like a man around that was going to trigger that. Or I would borrow, and here's the big one. This is why I'm mentioning it. I would have, like, I was the rescuer. I was the rescuer. (laughs) All my friends, all the people having their 20-something freakouts and making bad decisions. And I was the rescuer. And I I got that fuel from their drama if I didn't Mm -hmm. have my own drama. And I think it wasn't until, how old was I when this happened? trying to think uh yeah it was um it was when I was 40 a lot of changes when I turned 40 Mm -hmm. but um obviously not enough to get me out of that marriage faster but um one of the things that I just decided was uh that I was going to give up reality tv for Lent I didn't watch a lot of it at the time but like I would watch dance moms and some of those kinds of things and um what I found is that all the people in my life who needed me to help them with their drama before and all the people that kind of lived in that sort of a heightened state of, you know, chaos just fell away. Like yep. they just disappeared from my life. So, uh, you know, if there's people in your life that you feel like, oh, I need, you know, helping isn't always helping helping can be enabling helping can be harmful to you you know it can be feeding your own addiction to that stress like you're talking about Mm -hmm. I love that because I also used to love drama and (laughs) reaching out and being in other people's drama and helping people and being you know the rescuer like you Mm -hmm. said and I realized along the way that I was reaching out to help people because I didn't want to deal with the drama that was going on inside of me. And so I was vicariously 
living through other people <laughs> and what they had going on. And like you were saying, your subconscious works like an algorithm. And so the more, you, what you feed it is what you're mm -hmm. going to get back. And so if you are entertaining a lot of drama in your life, that's what you're going to see in your reality. And so you making that conscious choice of cutting it out, like, of course, it just like all. <laughs> yeah, away. it was like magic. And that was such a huge yeah. lesson uh, that really helped propel me forward for sure. Um, and, and I still pay attention to that, like, especially over the last year, I, I, um, and, and that's the thing, you know, a lot of people are like, well, there's just doom scrolling and there's so much in line and that and it's like, okay, but you do have control over that. Mm -hmm. yep. You can go in and unfollow or mute or, you know, whatever you don't want to see, just get rid of it. That's what I do, you know, and, um, and even on TikTok, like if you don't want to be involved in the anti this pro that, um, contentious drama, yada, 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 don't like those videos, just swipe on past it and you won't see it anymore. When I go on TikTok, mostly what I get is like this beautiful woo witchy <laughs> personal development neurodivergent uh um feminist uh utopia <laughs> and, and you also start comedy mm -hmm. and you start to see it in your outer reality like reverberated yeah. back like that's what you see in your yeah. life and mm. when I first started on my healing journey, I would watch a lot of people that were dealing with depression and anxiety and sadness because we like to relate to people. Mm -hmm. It makes us feel good because we know somebody else is going through it. But what it was doing was keeping me in that vibration. Yeah. Yeah. It was just keeping me in sadness and depression and not saying it's not okay to watch those things every now mm -hmm. and then. But when I made a conscious decision, and it was keeping me in lack mentality too, because I'm watching people about not having money and all these things. Right. And when I made a conscious decision of, I am going to surround myself with people that are encouraging and supporting and teaching me tools to get out of the paradigm that I'm in right now. And when I did that, everything in my life started shifting around, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes you just can't watch content like that because it keeps yeah. you in that vibration. And in saying that, we were talking about things that we've done in the past, right? That didn't make, don't make sense to us right now. I have realized that along the way, I have been very ugly to the past versions of myself. And I mm -hmm. have said, why did you do this? Why did you act that way? Why did you go put up with all this, you know, and talk down to them. And that was preventing my healing yeah. because they, they had, they went through all of that stuff. So I could be who I am right now. Yeah. And accepting them and asking their forgiveness. Like, can y'all forgive me for speaking to you in that manner? And I just want to be here to love and honor you and heal together. And thank you for everything that we have been through, because I would not be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for y'all. Mm -hmm. And you're the strong ones for doing that. I didn't, it, it's almost like I didn't even live that experience now. Does that make sense? <laughs> it totally makes sense. And it almost moves me to tears. Like I got goosebumps all over my body when you said that, because it is so true uh, that they were the strong ones. I mean, mm -hmm. when I think about my past selves, especially the child versions of me at different ages, I mean, 
you know, I went through hell. I really went through hell. Like I have one of those stories that other people hear it. And then they say to me, I don't understand why you're sane. Like, yep. I don't understand why you're okay. I, you know, it's amazing that you're okay. <laughs> and you're right. It's like uh, honoring those past versions of yourself and just remembering because we have to have compassion for everyone. That's the thing. The more compassion you have for everyone else, the more you have for yourself and vice versa. And if we just keep remembering, everyone does the best they can when they can. And yep. you you do your best at the time with the tools you have, with what you know. And like you're saying, uh, those past versions of ourselves who lived all those experiences were real badasses. <laughs> Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I- I have been getting into, I've been diving in real deep in this, Andrea, lately. Yeah. <laughs> I that there were times when I was a child or a young adult where I said, I know somebody is coming back for me or coming for me. I just have to make it through right now. Mm-hmm. And I realize now that I was talking to my higher self and mm-hmm. now I'm myself going back and healing them and saying, I am here. I'm here for you. And now we have time to heal and I have the toolkit. And so that has accelerated my growth so much. So if anybody takes anything away from this from me, it is get in there and love on the past versions of yourself because it really takes your healing to a deeper level. And that's not something I could do initially. That's something that I've been doing for the last six or seven months because sometimes you have so much going on in the here and now, mm-hmm. you don't have time or energy to uproot everything. So I tell yeah. people if you're, If you're just wanting to start that connection and that relationship, you can just say, is there any version of myself that wants to come forward and receive love? And then you say, I'm here. I love you. Uh, I'm always going to be here. And when you're ready, I'm ready too. (laughs) And that opens up the window so much with those relationships with them. I absolutely love that. And it does, it like chokes me up to think about it because it's so sweet and beautiful and true because I had that, you know, I had those experiences and that feeling too. Like I knew I just had to get through now, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. now was at the time and that, uh, that, you know, there would be a payoff at some point, there's going to be a payoff (laughs) for this thing that I'm going through. And uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that when I uh, have my meditation naps, as I call them, because sometimes I do fall asleep, but not always. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to start doing that. And I'm, you know, just sending that love to past versions of myself. Um, my best friend since fifth grade, she and I were like the first, she was the first starseed person I like she was the first person I ever met who like like me knew they were somewhere else first you know Mm -hmm. the earth wasn't their first home who knew like we would practice Reiki and ESP and um, remote viewing and all kinds of stuff we were the weirdest little girls um but she sent me a picture today uh, that she happened to come across, happened to come across. I mean, obviously she saw it on purpose today, but she has this picture from my 13th birthday at the San Francisco zoo where I'm holding a goat. 
It's like a baby goat. And I'm holding this baby goat like up in my arms. <laughs> this goat. And I've been doing so much animal communication lately. And it just made me so joyful to see that version of me. And I and I had that feeling like you're talking about, like telling that um that kid, you did it, you know, look what we did. You did it. And I just I love you for being you at that time and not caring what anybody else thought about a 13 year old in the corduroy blazer with a beret. Cause I was very preppy in the eighties, um, <laughs> holding a goat. <laughs> I love it. And something that really helped me when I started this was taking a picture of myself that I was very happy in and mm -hmm. putting it up on my bathroom mirror. So my subconscious would always trying to be in contact with my younger self. And sometimes that's helpful because, you know, as kids, sometimes we go through tough things and you can mm -hmm. see the difference in the dichotomy of pictures. And yeah. so find you a happy picture like that. And you know what, Andrea is really funny too, is that we're having this conversation now, but I bet that version of yourself tugged at her to send you that picture while like saying we're having this uh -huh. conversation. It all works out like that. It really does. It really does. And I'm, it makes me so happy to be able to have these conversations because I know this is what helped me was to listen to other people having these conversations mm -hmm. because you know, my life wasn't always this magical where like all the things just line up all the time. There's all these synchronicities, everything works out. It was not that way, but I knew it could be that way. And mm -hmm. so, uh, it gives people tremendous hope and, um, just really excited about that. Uh, so do you have any workshops coming up or plans for classes or what do you, what do you have going on in the next uh, okay, so I do Akashic Record readings, um, and I do Reiki, and I do coaching, and I was just having a conversation with someone earlier that I am putting together a new modality of my own, and so I'm kind of in the void space, <laughs> like Great. we talked about before. Yeah, and not knowing exactly what that's going to look like. So I am just leaning into what's bringing me the most amount of joy and heading mm -hmm. in that direction and knowing it'll work out on the other side. <laughs> um, and so right now what I'm doing is Reiki, the records and coaching. Uh, I don't have any classes necessarily that are coming up right this second, just because I'm recalibrating sure. <laughs> everything that I'm doing. Uh, but if anybody's interested in those, I do provide uh, those services. <laughs> yeah, uh, wonderful services. Um, I've heard nothing but great reviews about everybody who's had sessions with Brittany in various capacities. And um you know, even if you just go check out her amazing stuff on TikTok, which I guess you found out after you started doing it. I don't know a whole lot about ASMR. Like I, I always thought it was sort of like people with very soothing voices yeah. like them talking to you. <laughs> and then like, you know, little scratchy, scratchy noises or now I'm rubbing a hairbrush. <laughs> But ASMR. that was very yeah. lovely. <laughs> I've been told that I've been told and also I've been told that uh, my laugh, my laugh really is contagious yeah. and makes people feel happy. So I am working on that. As a matter of fact, I was before we got on here, I was thinking, you know, maybe instead of like OnlyFans, I need to add this like as some sort of a, a monthly thing where people can come mm -hmm. and I just laugh. We just laugh and fill ourselves with joy and be silly. Um, but 
the the visuals like because uh, for for listeners um Brittany does these wonderful Reiki videos where she her beautiful self is up against always a really pretty background and um various uh shades of blue hair and uh, you know and they're just so so lovely and then she has these beautiful uh crystals and um moving her hands and moving them around in a certain way which is very similar to some of what I do with my love expansion um dance that I do uh but every time those come up like I just pause and I watch and I (laughs) I absorb it I take it in and it feels delightful and so how did you find out like did somebody else said hey you know this is am at ASMR yes okay so when I first started with Reiki and I recommend Reiki to everyone it's so healing for yourself and just Mm -hmm. makes you feel great and so what I do in individual sessions is a lot different than what I do on TikToks. And so with uh, individuals, I go in internally into your chakras and I'm not actually moving my hands. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, go into the plane of healing. But when I'm doing it on screen, I'm doing everything to project the energy towards, you know, like the general collective. Mm -hmm. And so I really love EDM music, uh, electronic dance music that just has always very much resonated in my body. And I love music festivals. Mm -hmm. And so when I was younger and going to a lot of festivals, I would always dance with my hands like that Mm -hmm. is just, it was so soothing to me. And it's like energy was coming out of them as I was dancing. It was very expressive. And so when I first started doing um, Reiki videos, my hands naturally did it. Mm -hmm. It just, I had a drive to dance with my hands (laughs) to the Mm -hmm. music. And it's almost like it amplifies the energy. And at the same time, when you move your hands in ASMR, it soothes your central nervous system. It puts your subconscious in a theta state and relaxes you. No (laughs) wonder I love it so much. (laughs) Yeah. And it it resets your vagus nerve Mm -hmm. and it, it puts you in that almost like it's not hypnotizing you, but that hypnotic state and it's letting you release all of the stress in your body for a couple minutes even if it's Mm -hmm. a couple seconds that can do wonders for you and so it kind of like entrances and I'm also projecting healing energy or like intentional energy to you so it's like a two for one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so I didn't realize I was doing ASMR until I had a bunch of people in the comments saying, oh, this is a new type of ASMR. I love (laughs) that you can make YouTube videos and do dance ASMR. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm actually doing Reiki. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So good. And I had a lot of people saying, I feel like something was sucked out of my body. And I said, oh, that's the Reiki moving, you know, stagnant energy that's not, you know, Mm -hmm. working with you. So I'm finding that the people that are watching me for ASMR are now wanting to learn about Reiki because it's a very deep healing. It's not just the ASMR portion. (laughs) I love that. I really love that. And I, I, like I have so many things going on right now. You, you know, that you see what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that I want to add into that and find the time to do, and I just haven't quite figured it out exactly how I want to do it yet. But um, my, you know, my version of that 
uh, I just, I want to get on there and do the love expansion um, every day. And it was just the other day. I don't know why it never occurred to me because when I, when I first got the music and this channeling experience uh, with Mintaka and um, I, so I kind of got like stuck on this, song that I generally use when I do it because it has certain light language in it and yes. um, it's octonal healing and all of that but the other day all, all of a sudden I went I could just do this to any music and these physical movements mm -hmm. that I'm doing are light language and that mm -hmm. might help some people like receive it more than they would if I'm using this you know chanty um, hippie music you know <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's why I love using crystals mm -hmm. and music and just all of these amplifiers. Yeah. And Andrea, if you used your own voice too, uh, Andrea was singing uh, before we got on here. <laughs> I told her how incredibly healing and that brought my frequency up like so high just all of a sudden. And I said, oh, I feel great from you singing. And I feel like that, you know, using your own voice and using your hands, that would be so incredibly healing for people. Maybe that's part of why that came into my head because mm -hmm. uh roller coaster of love kind of works with the whole thing that I'm doing. <laughs> it does. And I could I could just sing it while I'm moving around in certain ways and dancing. Yeah. And so the I love music that. too. Yes, and the music I use too. I'm always very intentional about the music because I can feel into the frequency of whatever it is. And I'm very careful about what I choose because, you know, we're projecting that to people mm -hmm. and amplifying. And oftentimes I try and find music that has light codes in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're also getting that galactic healing at the same time. And so feeling into energy, Andrea, has become very like subtle <laughs> sometimes too, like very, you know, like nuance. Um, and I'll share an example. I, I created a video and I wanted to do Empress energy mm -hmm. and project that. And so I picked a song and there were some lyrics in there that weren't aligning and resonating. And I posted it anyway. And mm. then a couple minutes later, my higher self said, is that the type of energy that you want to project to people? <laughs> and that are really empress energy what those lyrics and so I said you know what I do I I can't project that I have to take that down and pick something else to put in there because like we were talking about what goes in your subconscious mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very important what you're consuming um so it, it can just hit you on a lot of different levels <laughs> yeah it really can and I love that you're and that is one of the things uh, you know it's not just the hands it's not just the crystals it's not just your beautiful self uh or the Reiki it's like the music is such a big part of it and so yep. thank you for the inspiration with all of that because uh, I find you and so many of the other community members that we're you know in association with and close with to be a never ending source of growth and information. And um, it really is just such a beautiful collaborative thing. And I think that's part of why some of the more guru oriented, um, you need me to help you forever people are kind of, uh, there's been a lot of resistance 
projected publicly about that concept. Yeah. Like, well, you, the guru's dead. You still need someone to show you. Like, you know, they just don't want to let go. They don't want to let yeah. go of that, that hold. And mm-hmm. um, I think they see so many people starting to actually create uh, a reality, a structure where it is collaborative and we're empowering people and um, not fostering dependency. That's the funny thing. It's like the way the spiritual community used to conduct itself, it fostered a dependency just like everything else because it was capitalist driven and um, focused on that. I love that. And I love the little community that you and I are part of because mm-hmm. we build off of each other. We support, empower, we learn, and nobody is trying to gatekeep. They're all like, yeah. let's all push each other <laughs> to be our greatest and highest selves for this shift. And that's one of the things that when I started doing coaching and reading, I saw a lot of that. Let's make you dependent on needing somebody to tell you how to live your life and give mm-hmm. you these tools. And that's why I navigated more into the psychology portion with energetic reading, because I don't want you to have to be dependent on someone forever. Mm -hmm. I want, I want to teach you how to see your own patterns and the tools to use to change them. So you do not have to keep coming back to somebody, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) let's get you to a point where you are healing on your own and going in internally and being your own guidance system. So then you can teach other people how to do that instead of like the dependency, like we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I absolutely love that. Um, well tell our listeners, I think you did a little bit, but tell our listeners again, where they can find you, your website, uh, Instagram, all of those great places. TikTok, uh, yes. of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Soul Harmony Healing. And then my website is www.soulharmonyhealing.as.me. That's D, uh, dot A-S dot M-E. <laughs> I love that. I was looking it up earlier. I thought, oh, that's so great. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And this has been just such a delightful and growth uh, inspiring conversation. And I know that I'm going to want to have you back again. And I will be so excited to join you on Soul Sessions um, on December 10th. I will be sure to share that with the listeners. This uh, episode will probably go up before that. But as I told you before we got on mic, I will also listeners uh, launch it again after we're on the soul sessions. So I'll make sure to remind everybody to watch us live on Instagram and we'll talk about other stuff. And um, Brittany can interview me. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Andrea. This has been absolutely wonderful and magical. And you were just so lovely inside and out. <laughs> I am just so honored that you asked me to be on and like I said you're just so empowering <laughs> like I feel great after speaking with you, so you. So <laughs> I'm so happy to hear you. that yes and so thank you it, it has been it has been a joy and I'm so excited to have you on soul sessions and get to interview you so I, I'm very pumped for that and I hope everybody joins Yes, absolutely. You have to come join us. It'll be a ton of fun because if you join us live, then you can ask us both questions. 
Yeah. So <laughs> there's your motivation. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, we'll be back again soon. I have a feeling Brittany and I will be speaking on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Introducing a new collaborative podcast, Meow Podcast, M-E-O-W-W, that's Muse, Elf, Oracle, Witch, and Wizard, a panel discussion on YouTube amongst people of different disciplines talking all things woo to help you along your personal ascension, expansion, spiritual journey. It's not a vibe, it's a frequency. Check out Meow Podcast on YouTube and you can get us at themeowpod at gmail.com. If you would like to be a guest on the pod, please give us an email. Otherwise, go check us out today on Meow Podcast. It's nothing but fun and a frequency of love. Well, that did not disappoint, I am sure. Uh, That was such a fabulous um, interview, and it was another one of those episodes that could have easily been a two-parter, but I want to wrap up season three, so I didn't want to split it up. I'm really stuck on this 33 episodes a season thing, because threes are my number. So I really hope you enjoyed that. And again, as a reminder, we will be live on YouTube instead of Instagram. Watch for me and also Brittany to be sharing that information on our social media. And uh, we hope to see you there because it's fun to have you live in chat, asking us questions and interacting with us. And I'm really excited to talk to Brittany again. Uh, let's see, any other news? No. Um, join the Patreon. We're having such a great time in there. I'm really excited to be growing as a community and learning lots of new stuff. And it's not too late to join for this month because there are still two workshops coming one on pleasure and sensuality, one on animal communication. And since we've covered so much grid work content already, Uh, This Monday we'll be learning and practicing the love expansion exercise together. So all of the content is recorded. Everything that is up there since I started in September is available to you at the $10 tier. And um, I hope to see some of you in there. It would be lovely to have you participate in this community. Everyone who has joined is unique and has their own a special connection to the earth and ability to make a difference and um, I'm excited to see how we all grow together so much love to everyone and during this time of year when there's so much pressure I'm not going to acknowledge any one particular holiday because there are actually so many holidays that happen over the winter from all sorts of traditions and they are all equally important and vital to those cultures but there can be a lot of pressure there can be a lot of uh, sadness I have encountered so many people who are experiencing grief uh, many more so than normal I can tell you that 
even in the dating arena, it's like half the people I meet have lost someone. So, uh, whatever you're feeling this season, just know that I love you, many people love you, and there are an infinite number of galactic beings who love you. And if uh, you're struggling in any way, reach out. Reach out to me, reach out to Brittany, reach out to any of my former guests. And I know that they would have love and resources and inspiration to give you. Uh, A year ago, I was in a bit of a breakdown, honestly. And uh, I came out of it and came through it stronger and able to grow this year in ways I never imagined because I reached out to people. I had support. I had people who helped me with the difficulties and the grief that I was experiencing. So, uh, you don't have to go through anything alone ever. And you're never alone. You're always loved. So much love, all of my peoples. And, uh, the season three finale should be out very, very soon. Some things they care about